grab a glass and tell us a story. It's Bucks and Booze. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, George Tordzik, and I'm here today with half of the crew. So we got Coop and Jeff and Ed, and as always, we're going to share a spirit as we do the podcast, and today... We have chosen Maker's Mark. So I'm peeling off currently the wax from the iconic Maker's Mark top. And I'm going to pour myself a little glass of Maker's Mark to enjoy while we're doing the podcast. And we're also embarking on another adventure today, actually several, uh, as we are doing this podcast over Zoom for the first time. So we're throwing a little technology in. And for today's podcast, I have purchased the Mediator trivia game. And so we're going to do the Bucks and Booze version of Meat Eater trivia. Gentlemen, are you ready? Ready. Here we Here. go. All right. So... We have uh, 10 questions from Meteor's four verticals, hunting, fishing, cooking, and conservation. And I did the Lisa and Nana Papa index today, which was a five. So we are officially on perfect game alert. So I, so I have a question. Is this Jeopardy style? Like I hit the buzzer and yell this out as quick as I can, or are we putting this down on paper and comparing answers or what? Good question. So for those of you who haven't played or listened to Mediator Trivia in the past, everyone answers the question uh, on your own, on a, on a sheet of paper, on a whiteboard, whatever you have there. And once everyone's had enough time to figure out, get an answer down and you're all confident, I'll ask you to show your answers. Everyone who gets it right gets a point. The person with the most points at the end of the 10 questions wins the game. If we have a tie at the end of 10 questions, then we go to a tiebreaker. One other question? <laughs> Shoot, Jeff. I'm not uh, I'm not saying that Cooper would ever do this, but Coop, you better put your phone away. You're not allowed to have any technological help in the questions. That's a great call. I actually will outright say that Cooper would do that. So, <laughs> Cooper, I'm going to back you what up. What is that? I'm going to back what you up here. What is that? There's no way he would do that. No, I know. There's no way. The only way we could get Cooper to play an honest game is if we were at camp where there's no cell service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, I'm gonna be here right here like this, Coop. Just <laughs> all right, nailing it. I'm gonna be ten for ten, baby. Any other questions before we get going? No, sir. All right. Here is the here is the first right. question. First question in the inaugural Bucks and Booze Mediator Trivia Podcast. What New England state is the last place in America where you can legally trap a black bear? What New England state is the last place in America where you can legally trap a black bear? Jeff's looking Gee, like are you not quite so you sure. Just... What was that? I said, are you playing or are you just hosting? I'm just hosting because I have the I have the answers and stuff. So 
I'll just be hosting. I am I am um, Spencer today. All right. I think I think a little twist on this whole deal is at the end we're gonna go round round robin and ask you ten friendly questions about the great outdoors, <laughs> and we'll see how you do. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does anybody need more time? I think I'm good. I'm doing good. Okay, reveal your answers, please. I've got Maine. Jeff has Maine. I've got New Hampshire. I got Maine. All right, and the correct answer is Maine. Jeff Bingo. and Ed each get a point. Well done, gentlemen. Needed to come out of the gate. I needed to come out of the gate tough. I was a little nervous there. Ed's Dude. got a serious advantage. He listens to this thing religiously. <laughs> yeah, well. You still have to know the answers. Still have Just to know the answers. Smart fella there, Jeff. So in uh in New England in uh, Maine, last last state uh, last place in America that you can use a trap for black bears. Their season runs from September 1st till the 31st. And if you get the if you get the license, you can trap one black bear and also hunt for a second one. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Which I was that I was kind of surprised. I was surprised at that. Can you imagine coming up on a trapped black bear? No, they actually nope. had some. There's actually some YouTube videos about how to release one, and I was like, "No oh, way! No, 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 <laughs> there's no, no, no. no way!" <laughs> yeah, with, a, with a thirty odd, and maybe. Yeah, yeah, I would release one with a high-powered weapon, also, Ed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's you're releasing wow. it when it's not moving anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've seen a video before of a, a full-size wolf getting caught in a leg hold, and they release that and they actually slam like a full-size sheet of osb down to protect themselves on the wolf's leg and then unhooked it from there that wolf bolted but i was like what was your plan if he attacked yeah <laughs> you yeah. chew through that plywood time. i actually i actually saw a video of um hendra who lives up in boston location area by Hank, yeah. by Hank, releasing a wolf out of a trap in his yard Yep, and he does. He does it oh. with a stick like you have for a dog. Yep, just puts it around yeah. the wolf, right? And he reaches down and lets it go. I'm like, yeah. you are nuts. Nope. Yeah. No, it's just tore up too. the The ground is absolutely tore up from where yeah. it's running around. I think. I think the Bajor, I think the Bajoran boys have done that too. I think. So. I think you're right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which is not surprising. <laughs> no, <laughs> not in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number two. How many days is the drying period before antlers, horns, or skulls can be officially scored by Boone and Crockett or Pope and Young? Hmm? How many That's a days wonderful question. is the drying period before antlers, horns, or skulls can be officially scored by Boone and Crockett or Pope and Young? I've got two numbers in yeah, my I'm screwed. and I'm just tossing <laughs> back and forth here. Which would be hmm. it would be great to be put in this position where you had to wait this time period because that would mean that you're getting your rack scored for Pope and Young or Boone and Crockett. Unfortunately, haven't had that experience yet. Yeah, the correct the answer that I'm using is circled so everybody knows. But I have another number next to it. Just 
because excellent you're, I'm pretty you're welcome, welcome to uh, put alternative answers on the side as long as we can clearly define the correct answer that you're choosing. Yeah, I'm pretty confident I'm going to get zero. Like, <laughs> cool. it's, it's only question two. This is awesome having I believe you in here. You, man. I believe in you. <laughs> I know, but like, Coop, it's, it's oh, definitely I'm more than zero days. Yeah. Thank you, Ed. I got you. Is everybody ready with their answer? Yep. All right. Reveal your answers. Sure. 60. 90. 60. We have Cooper with 90, Ed and Jeff with 60, and the correct answer is indeed 60. I had 120. Yay. For some reason, I had 120 in my head, too, but it was yeah, awesome. Yep, that's It's 60 <laughs> days. you are one smart man. You know that, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> I was. I just feel like that's. It's on the sheets at camp that yeah. we score stuff. I think it but is. But I couldn't remember if it was sixty or ninety. I was pretty sure it was sixty though. And I, I was surprised. I looked it up a little bit, and according to deer and deer hunting, the amount of shrinkage in that sixty-day period or in any period is completely not significant. Really. I thought it would be. I thought there would be a significant amount of shrinkage, especially on a. If you're talking like Boone and Crockett, yeah. but they said even on a even on a plus one seventy deer, the most you'll see is one or two inches of shrinkage. Crazy. Yeah, hmm. I was shocked by that. So well, they must I try, didn't even know Andrew. So. They must try to level the playing field there. In that, after sixty days, they figure there is no more. Right. Yeah. Yep. So. Even though it's so minuscule, there's some kind of a – it's not going to shrink anymore up to this point. Let's get everybody on the same field here. Yep. If I ever, even though it's if I ever shoot so one, I'm going to take showers with it to make sure that moisture stays in there. I hear – you know, you hear about people doing all kinds of crazy things to try and keep it from shrinking at all. So apparently they're just wasting their time. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine having it in a steam bath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number three comes from cooking. Mm. Which of these I might have a chance here. Here you go, Coop. Here's a here's one for you, baby. Here's a bone for you. Which of I'm these cooking oils has the highest smoke point? Peanut oil, extra virgin olive oil, or coconut oil? Which of these cooking oils has the highest smoke point? Peanut oil. Extra virgin olive oil or coconut oil? I know which one it's not. That helps. This is not a bone, George. This is not a bone. No? I got some coming for you, Coop. Hang in there, buddy. This one you have a legit chance. You have a legit chance. It's a one out of 33% chance, baby. Here we go. You're going to get on the board here, Coop. I feel it. I don't feel good about this one, brother. Ed oh, I, got, pretty, I got an answer down, and here we go. Ed looked pretty <laughs> confident. He did. Everybody have their answer ready? Yep. Yep. All right. Let's reveal our answers. I got peanut. Peanut. I went peanut as well. Uh, everyone went with peanut? The correct answer is peanut. Coop, you're on the board. Yeah. Coop, you're the only reason why I know that is because that's what I use to fry my chicken wings in. 
Oh, yeah. Yep, exactly. That's why everybody uses it because peanut oil doesn't smoke until 450 degrees. Oh, wow. Dang. Yeah. Unlike uh, extra virgin olive oil has a pretty low smoke point. You can you can wreck things pretty quick with that. I wonder yeah, what coconut I is. Yeah, I think it's some. I think it was right in the middle. I looked it up a little bit just to kind of see, and I think it was between them. Mm. I was hmm. also I was also surprised to find that the peanut oil is actually the least expensive of the three, typically. Hmm. Oh, because because when you go to buy a jug of it for, if you're going to do a fish fry or something, it's expensive. Yeah, it's like silly. Yeah, but it's if you're buying it in those three. Or if you buy them around Thanksgiving, and they just jack and break. Yeah, yeah, true. I was also also found out and was surprised that, you know, that it's a lot of it's produced in the United States, but also in India and China. Hmm. Which I found, hmm. which I found surprising. Interesting. Interesting. Plains, Georgia, baby. Plains, baby. <laughs> Our. Next question, our fourth question was was a bone for Will, but he's not here. It's a little bit for Jeff, I guess. But Coop, I believe in you on this one too. I think you can get this one. <laughs> this this is from the fishing category. Uh -oh. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. Lingcod sometimes has blue flesh. Which inspired this cartoony nickname for its meat. Lingcod sometimes has blue flesh, which inspired this cartoony nickname for its meat. I'm not even kidding. This is just crazy you're asking this question. I literally was talking to Jim Vivian and talked about this very thing three weeks ago at the airport. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I can't even believe that you're talking about this. Thing. Nice. Yes. <laughs> so, so for our listeners, Jim Vivian is currently, uh, well, I think currently he's down south someplace. Uh, Captain someplace in South America. Yeah. South America. Mm -hmm. Captaining for National Geographic. Is that right? Yep. But. Uh, spent all last summer uh, being the captain on a boat in was it in Sitka? I think he goes up and down the the you know inside passage there, but yeah, Sitka a lot you know that they're hunkered in there. Uh, Will I think saw the boat a few times when he was working there a couple years ago. So 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 Jeff very confident on this answer. I feel pretty good. I, I don't know yeah, unless awesome. I was I may have been misled. There's a little clue in there for you, little coop. Little clue There's in a there. clue in the, there. Uh, the the blue flesh cartoony nickname. <laughs> Does everyone have an answer? I think we just lost Coop. <laughs> Coop just bailed on us. I'm pouring, I'm pouring another drink because I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, unlike unlike the Meat Eaters actual podcast, in this uh, trivia podcast, we totally support having cocktails while you're playing. <laughs> Does everyone have an answer? Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Show no. your answers. Smurf meat. I put Smurf oh. fit. 
I mean, I don't even have an answer. I don't even have an answer. I could not go. You know what? The, the correct answer is Smurf meat. We'll take Smurf fish, though. That's that's close. Mm-hmm. Come on, context clues, Coop. Cartoonish blue. I didn't grow up in the fifties, dude. It was either that or March Simpson's hair. You could have come up with one of those. So, according to the what I heard about these devils, is no rhyme or reason to it either. You know, you, you could catch uh, white colored or white colored meat lingcod, and the very next cast catch this Smurf meat. You know, it just is what yeah. it is. Just totally at random. But he, yeah, and he said it literally looks like that Smurf color. Like, I, like you would always feel like I don't think I should eat this, but it's excellent. You know? No, wasn't lingcod? Wasn't that one of the ones that Will? Said was one of his favorite fish that they were catching up in Alaska. Yeah, and 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 Jimmer even even said when we were having that conversation, he said you could take the halibut and throw it away. If I had lingcod, he said that's it was his favorite. It's really good. Uh crazy looking fish, big, huge, massive fins on the front and big mouth. That that's the one. I ended up catching a dandy there, and it actually latched onto a rockfish. And it came up, and I never had it hooked. It came up to the surface, and I mean, this this was like 50 inches long. I mean, pretty decent fish. And I'm like, oh my god, it's not even hooked in there. Like, don't worry about it. it he'll never let it go. And he they're wouldn't. So, right to so the net. stubborn. Yeah, re- refuse to let that fish go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, pretty wild. So you you caught that big fish without ever actually hooking it. Exactly. Yep. Wow. It was That's so crazy. stubborn that it wouldn't let the fish go. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty cool. <clears throat> All right. We are now to question number five. Coop, come on, baby. This is a hunting, <laughs> this is a hunting question. What state right. <laughs> what state has the largest population of pronghorn antelope? What state has the largest population of pronghorned antelope? Coop, I know you're a big antelope guy. Right, yeah. I go <laughs> go hunting for him every year. <laughs> Next year, maybe, baby. <laughs> yeah. Do we all have an answer? Yeah, I I wrote one down right away, like a, the first thing that came to my head, but I I don't know. Let's go for it. <laughs> Everybody's ready? Yeah. Show your answers. Montana. Wyoming. Wyoming. So Coop, you have Montana, Jeff. Montana. Ed both have Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah. The correct answer is Wyoming. <laughs> Jeff and Ed. Yeah. Was oh, that least in the vicinity? <laughs> you're you're in the right part of the country. <laughs> you know, one of my buddies did a pronghorn hunt in Wyoming a couple years ago, and he's he's kind of on the elk rotation on multiple states now, making sure he can get out there. And I just remember him telling me he was like, "Oh, you could just drive to Wyoming and buy an OTC tag for pronghorn." Like he's like, "They're so easy to get, and they're everywhere." So yeah, that was my. I don't know. Perfect. Educated guess. Thought there. 
So Ed and Jeff are which I think which perfect game. Which I think would, which I think would be a, a really fun hunt. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I think I it would a be a blast. Of, I hear I've heard a handful of people say, and I've read online that they're like that's one of the best ways to dip your toes into out west. Uh, high success rate. You know, you don't go out there get too discouraged. You can kind of see the country a little bit. Do that. And, come home with some meat and then yeah then try to level up to the hard stuff yeah and i uh um jason solani one of the years that we were out there elk hunting had gotten one um in the eastern side of colorado and and it was excellent i mean really good you know on the plate yeah I've never, huge. I've never, you don't get a ton of meat never had it no it's excellent yeah it was really good when I was looking like, stuff up though. It is. It's the fastest land animal in North America. Really? Yep. Yeah. Sixty-two yeah. miles an hour. They call what? it speed. Yeah. Actually, the only the only animal I think that's faster than them is the <laughs> cheetah. Yeah. So I actually play this video game called Hunter Call of the Wild, and there's pronghorn in it. They're the hardest things to hunt. Because they have wit, it, the game itself is super realistic in your approach to hunting, where like you have to be super quiet, you can't really move a lot, and um, when you're going after the pronghorn, they have like wicked good eyesight. That's the thing about them. So they're so tough to get, and I'd imagine that kind of crosses over into real life at least a little bit. You know, our next no. question. Our next question is a cooking question. Coop, 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 coop. Banned for import by the USDA in 1971. This Scottish dish is traditionally made by mixing organ meat with oatmeal and then boiling it in an animal's stomach. Banned for import by the USDA in 1971. This Scottish Just dish... No, spellings, you don't have to okay. spell it right, correctly. This Scottish dish is traditionally made by mixing organ meat with oatmeal and then boiling it in an animal's stomach. This is sort of a bone for Ed here. Oh, yeah, I, I knew it halfway through the question. You're like totally cheated. You've been there. And I've eaten it. It is nasty, isn't it? It's not great. <laughs> does, does everyone have an answer? Yep. Yep. All right. Show your answers. Agus? Agus. Agus. Hey, Cooper. 100 percenter. I might have to Agus. So, Ed, you, when you guys were in Scotland, you actually had some. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who ordered it. It was probably Tucker would be my guess because <laughs> – <laughs> but, pretty good pretty good guess i just try to i'm actually the flavor wasn't that bad i just like i'm i'm not the most adventurous eater in the world and it was kind of tough for me to get my head past what it was made out of but <laughs> yeah. those hot dogs without thinking about what goes in there so so you're not gonna uh be ordering the rocky mountain oysters when you're out in colorado you don't think Ed? no i've had a rocky mountain oyster beer oh uh, Windcoop Brewing, I believe. But what? no, I'm not ordering. I'm not ordering a legit Rocky Mountain noise. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, they they yep. in 1971 the USDA banned all um, all lung for uh, human consumption, and since that's part of Haggis, it's been banned ever since. And I know I just I had heard something not long ago. It was probably on the Meteor podcast actually that there's a there's kind of there's a pretty good group pushing for uh, to change that to be able to eat lung. Yeah, you know, for like traditional kind of foods like that and stuff. Sure. Something about that that doesn't sound appetizing, does it? I don't know why the word lung. I would have a hard time. I'm like, "Mm." I'd have a really hard time (laughs) doing it. But (laughs) when you when you see pictures of haggis um, being cooked in the stomach, it's it looks just like a gizzard from a partridge. It's like rough to look at. Like I, yeah, I honestly, I honestly don't remember a ton about the flavor. I just remember it wasn't like too terribly off-putting. It was surprisingly palatable. I'm not gonna say good, but mm. I figured, like you know, we're there. We gotta gotta yeah. try it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, next question: What North American animal is the largest cat that purrs? What North American animal is the largest cat that purrs? Oh, this is the first time I've seen Jeff. A little dilemma in his face. The perfect game on the line. I think I know this. I know I've heard it before. I just don't know if I'm remembering it correctly. The largest North Mm. American animal, or I'm sorry, the the North American animal is the largest cat that purrs. Does everyone have an answer? I don't. One moment. Okay. I crossed out something just now. Yeah, I thought I thought you had it right away. Can't wait for okay. that to be the correct oh, there's, there, Coop, you might be the only one to get this one right. <laughs> what do I, <laughs> what what do I like know? It's like a house cat. Like you're pretty square yeah. on this one. We'll see. Are we all ready? Yeah, right yeah. up. All right, reveal your answers. I'm going to say links. Links. Online. So Coop and Jeff have links, and Ed has Mountain Lion. The answer is Mountain Lion or Cougar. Yeah. Ed pulls it. I thought that was right up there, that crossed out answer. It says Cougar. (laughs) Oh, the perfect game has slipped away from Jeffrey. Dang. Because I'm pretty sure there's like some big cat, whether it's a tiger or a lion, that's not able to purr. So I thought like get away from the cougar that that probably can't purr. And I went to like the next biggest cat. That's that's where my head was at too, Coop. And that was, was good, obviously good thought process. Yeah. Just went a little too far. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Damn. <laughs> when I was uh, when I was checking this out. And I thought it was a good question because there's been several people who've got them on camera this year um, around the Kibana. Mm-hmm. So I, I checked it out and the DNR still claims that there's no breeding population in Michigan. Seriously? Yep. But there's been 82 yes. confirmed sightings since 2008. So there's 82 confirmed sightings, but there's no breeding population. 
There's one cat right. that's making some heavy rounds <laughs> across the whole UP. I wonder how they determine that. Like, do they have to see a kit? Is that is that what you call a? a yeah. Baby? Yeah. I wonder. I, I think well, part of what I part of what I was reading is that they won't they won't say that there's a there's a breeding population unless they have other forms, tracks, scat, remains, you know, deceased animals, um, besides just sightings. I'll tell you what, that one video that's out from pretty close to us. Yeah. I'm just, the part that is so intimidating is when the cat drags the deer away effortlessly. I, I was just like, oh my God, yeah. the power. Didn't it seem like he... Like he was just carrying, I don't know, a bunny. It was right. I mean, it was just I, crazy. I totally agree. That was the first thing that popped in my head when I watched that video. I was like, it is as if nothing is happening. This cat is dragging that deer around like it was a yeah. chewy toy. Yeah. Unbelievable. There's a, a really killer account on uh, Instagram. I think it's called, or well, it's nature is metal it's called oh yeah yeah and love that all, account yeah they, they post all sorts of stuff but i've seen exactly to your point geo like videos of mountain lion dragon like like full-size like retriever-sized dogs off people's porches and stuff same thing they pick it up like it's a yeah a rabbit yeah. or a raccoon or something yeah yeah it's like the jaguars in africa that pick up full-size great kudus and bring them into trees you're like how how is that even possible like yeah. how are their nails you know when they claw into a tree how do they not like fall yeah. off under that much pressure yeah, crazy those, power those big cats are powerful yep. yeah i'll i'll always love when jeff and will were out west and I got a call with them when they were down in the city or not city or town, whatever they went down into. But um, Will's like, it's pretty intimidating when you're slip, sleeping with the kitties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Just ignore that. Ignore that sound. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So quick, yeah, update, quick update with three questions left to go. Cooper has two correct. Sorry, Cooper, you can't win at this point. <laughs> Jeff is in second nope. place with six, and Ed is in first place with seven, and a, and a perfect game going at this point. Jeff's gonna Ed have to find a way. Tough. Yeah, you're gonna have to find a way to uh, make up a question here to get to the. Uh, to get him I see that. I see that secondary screen. I see that secondary screen reflection right now with Google up in front of Ed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's why I put I put Smurf fish instead of Smurf meat to throw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number seven uh, is loosely tied to hunting. What? Was former Vice President Dick Cheney hunting when he shot Harry Whittington? 
What was former Vice President Dick Cheney hunting when he shot Harry Winnington? What was the game they were hunting? And afterwards created a entire library of jokes. How are you feeling about this one, Jeff? Decent. No. I think I think George I think George made me feel a lot better with his last comment. <laughs> How about you, Coop? How are you feeling about this one? Oh, same, same as the others. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. I have no idea. Does everybody have an answer? Yep. Yeah. I got All a right. guess. Reveal your answers. Black bear. Quail. I put dog. And quail was my first thought. The correct answer Damn. is quail. Damn oh. quail? Is, <laughs> is, that, is that what you were talking about? <laughs> There is the turning point. Ooh, I'll knot it up with a couple to go. I'll knot it up at seven for the leaders. Nay. So he, he so uh, Cheney shot that, shot the, the guy was 78 years old. He shot him with a 28 gauge shotgun, which I've never heard of before. 28 gauge. 28 gauge. Huh. Something wow. So I don't even, I don't mm. even, not even sure. Uh, I would, I would, I would, I would understand that the hawk huh, quail is a pretty small bird, you know, and the, anything else you would just blow it apart probably. So 28 gauge. So I don't know if that's like, super fine, like BB, like. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's like, it, like but, along a 410 sort of thing or something. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that he's... Hello, everybody. Yet, are you on? I'm on. How hey, you doing, welcome. buddy? Welcome to the... Welcome to hey, sorry. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be a regular from here on out. We had some wedding planning to do for my son, so we uh, I forgot about that meeting, and then... Uh, but yeah, so how's everybody hey, doing? Yeah, Yetter, a little good. bit later, I want to talk to you about your priority list. We... Uh... <laughs> uh oh <laughs> Yetter, you can hop in with two questions to go, and you can still tie Coop. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Dad. We do have after eight questions, Coop has two correct, and Jeff and Adam have seven. So, hey, they're both is it, uh, food, which, I mean, <laughs> I should get those questions right. <laughs> What they do? Ask you your middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Coop, you're catching a little flack here this evening. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. We'll take the we'll take the pressure off you, Coop. We'll go to question number nine. Question number one for Yetter. So, what department store sold Ted Williams edition firearms? which were named after a legendary baseball player. What department store sold Ted Williams edition firearms, which were named after the legendary baseball player, perhaps the greatest hitter in the history of the game? Are we supposed to shout the answer out, or do you come to no. us with the answer? Yeah, you'll have to uh, write it down or just hold on. Or, you know, uh, once everybody has theirs, then you can... Say what, what you department have. store? What department store sold Ted Williams edition firearms? 
Oh, you know what? Uh, I think I got that. I think, I'm pretty confident Coop has it. <laughs> no. Coop's going to say Gartner's Hancock. <laughs> oh, you know what? It, it could be. It could be two. I've got one. I, I'm feeling good about this. Here we go. Does anybody need more time? Okay, reveal yep. your answers. JC said Dick Sporting oh. Goods. I was going to say Sears too. This could be the one, Ed. Sears and JC Penny. I went with JC Penny. Jeff went with JC Penny. Coop went with Gartner's. Ed, you went with what? Sears. 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 The other? Sears. Sears is the correct answer. <laughs> At crunch time, it slides into the lead. Yetter gets a point. He's only one behind Cooper. <laughs> I, lo I love Gartner's. That is so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. That is, that is you. awesome. I'm Our here all night. Star. It could have been Gartner's. Yeah. It's possible. Spent a lot of time in that place. Yeah, I could, I could see that. <laughs> so Sears, uh, hey, Briar. for a while, Sears sold the uh, Winchester Model 212 gauge pump that was uh, labeled a Ted Williams. If you can ever get your hands on an old Sears catalog, it is pretty neat to go back and look through there and see all the things that they used to sell. I bet that would be cool. You remember? Yeah. You remember the brand on that old um, uh, bolt that action four ten? Yetter. Uh, no, I don't. I could look. I could go look for it. No, it's not a big deal. But I, years ago, I had this old bolt action four ten, or still have it, or whatever. Um, that my dad gave me. It was like my first gun, other than like a BB gun. And Yetter had a pretty cool collection of stuff, and I brought it over. We were shooting in his yard, and, you know, it's all beat up and everything. And he goes, hang on a minute, and he runs downstairs, and he comes up with a, a box of shells that are the same brand in 410, and they're those old, like, kind of like cardboard shotgun shells yeah, with a paper. with a wooden plug in the end of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a full box of matching shells for this old gun that I had. Oh, that's super cool. That's not how old I am, though. Just so, if anybody's wondering, <laughs> your your dad your dad might have bought those at Gardner's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My dad probably lifted it from a truck when he was working there in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number ten. Jeff is going to have to get this question right and Ed incorrect in order for us to go to the playoff round. Otherwise, Ed's going to take home the inaugural Bucks and Booze slash Mediator Trivia. Coop, it's a multiple choice, so you're in the you're in the hunt, buddy. Which of the following rifle cartridges has killed the fewest Boone and Crockett animals? Seven millimeter Remington Magnum, two forty three Winchester, or two seventy Winchester. Which of these rifle cartridges has killed the fewest Boone and Crockett animals? Seven mm Remington Mag, two forty three Winchester, two seventy Winchester. Lots of pressure on this question. 
So much on oh, I Yes. How are you feeling about this one, Coop? I don't know. I have some reasoning behind my qu- my answer, though. boy. I'm proud of you. Okay. Can, you. can we say the question one more time? Absolutely. A- any Boone and Crockett, or did yep. you say Whitetail? Nope. Which of these rifle cartridges has killed the fewest Boone and Crockett animals? So all animals, Boone, Boone and Crockett. 7mm Remington Meg, 243 Winchester, 270 Winchester. So we're looking for the one that has killed the fewest. How are you feeling, Jeff? Well, I, I had a pretty confident answer. Now I'm questioning. I think, uh, yeah, I got it. I think. I, think I, I think I know your exact reasoning as well. <laughs> does, does anybody need more time on this question? Nope. All right, reveal your answers. 243. 243. 243. I went 7mm. Oh, baby, 243. Check it out. I had them all written down in 7mm circled because I was thinking that big heavy gun is – I bet those other two have killed more. And then I was like, no – no, I think that 243 for sure. Let's go. Oh, I got three, baby. So many things <laughs> happened in that question right there. That's an epic question. Cooper hung on to beat Yetter. <laughs> no, Yetter only had two questions. <laughs> got them both right. <laughs> and oh, oh, that's so bad. ended up in a tie. That is so good. You know my my line of thinking there, Jeff. Were you did you change the answer when you were thinking Western big game? Yeah. Versus retail. Yeah. That's why I changed it. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure, because the seven mm has probably dropped a bunch of elk out there, right? And my line. We're talking Boone and Crockett. That's that's bear, and I mean it's on and on and on, right? So I was like, hmm. My line of thinking on that, and I don't even know if it's correct, but I was thinking that the seven millimeter is probably a newer round, and those other ones have just been around forever. Yeah, which I don't know if that's correct or not. But yeah, and I think, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know. This is just speculation on my part. But another thing is that the the two forty three is is a fast, mostly varmint gun and stuff, right? And it a lot, yeah. of, a lot of young or new hunters use it yeah. to hunt for a big game. So my thought process in that question was the odds of the people who are using that gun shooting a Boone and Crockett are less than the odds of people who are using those bigger, heavier caliber guns. Yeah, that makes sense. That's exactly what my thought process was. was like the 243 is, I don't know crap about guns, but I just know that the 243 is a smaller bullet. Yeah. And gun itself. Yeah, it not, that it, not yeah. that it can't kill. I mean, Will has killed three, four bucks with that two forty three. Right, it's, a, it's an awesome round. But yeah. I agree with you. I think I think when you get up to being an adult hunter, which is killing most of the Boone and Crockett deer, you're, you're not shooting the two forty three anymore. <laughs> Especially people who are going out after, you know, really top end yeah. big game. Right, like you're yep. you're paying to go shoot a Boone and Crockett, yeah. or you're, you're, or you're gonna you're, punch uh, him with something. You're gonna punch him with something that makes them leak. You know, yeah. they're right. gonna start leaking oil quick. Right. Yeah. 
And nobody's no no rich guys are buying those governor tags out west and toting around a grandpa's two forty three or whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, excellent. So we're we have to go to the tiebreaker and everyone's welcome to participate, but only Ed and Jeff have a chance to win. And it's a percentage question. So the way it works is whoever is closest to the correct answer will be the winner. Can I get a point to Ty Cooper if I get it right? If you if you get it exactly right, you will not only tie Cooper, but you'll beat him. Okay, good. Perfect. Hey, Coop, Coop welcome you, back. You got to come through big here, Coop. You can still answer the uh, question. So I have to hit it dead on the rocks here? No, nope. You just have to hope that Yetter doesn't. But it'll be a good competition to see who can get Great. than Yetter, though. For, for, the, uh, here we for go. last place, to stay out of last place. Okay, so for the broken trophy at the Zick. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the National Deer Association just came out with their annual deer hunting report, and out of the entire country of deer hunters, what percent harvested more than one deer? So of all deer hunters in the entire United States, all states, what percent of the deer hunters who bought licenses harvested more than one animal? And this is in one season? Yeah, yeah last year. Yep. So this, can oh, this be... 2023. Can this be archery, gun, everything combined? Doe, right. tags, everything? Yeah. Yep, okay. everything both antlered and antlerless, all of it. So, of all the of all the hunters in the United States, what percent harvested more than one animal? And you should put your answer to the nearest tenth. The nearest tenth. Just in case we have a tie. Oh boy! Well, that changed everything right there, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> How many got more than one deer? Oh boy, this makes you think, huh? Well, yeah, because you think of it people that bought licenses or just people that at least harvested one deer? I think it's from the way I read it is everybody that participated in a hunting season in the United States is in this group. Right, everyone who bought a license, yep. Oh yeah, so that can break, yeah, oh boy, okay. Well, oh, our camp wasn't helping. <laughs> right. Yeah, we didn't do a whole lot there. <laughs> our, the percentage from our camp uh, was zero. Was zero. <laughs> yeah, we just got one. I tried for two. It just didn't happen. I was lucky to even see the one that I saw. <laughs> it was interesting in this report when they were talking about this report uh, on the Meteor podcast. Um they're talking about in general across the United States, obviously not where exactly where we are, but in the majority of places, one of the biggest problems is people not harvesting antlerless deer, and there's just way too many deer in so many places. And I was yeah. thinking, like, ship some to us, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a couple of cattle semis that roll down through there. Mm-hmm. 
put about 150 on 10 or 15 semis and just drop them off in the Kivita and say, yeah. if few of you could live, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Does anybody need more time? I think I nope. got her. Right, uh, what did you say? Uh, I said 28.9%. 28.9%. Cooper, what was your answer? 32. 32%. Ed? 14.3. 14.3%. And Jeffrey? <laughs> I was a whole lot different than everybody. 2.1%. 2.1%. And the actual number is... You talk about every... Yep. The actual number is 17%. 17. So, so Ed wins the... Wow. Toss-up. Doesn't that seem surprising to you guys when you think when... Like, Yetter, to your question, when you think about every person that purchased a, a tag, I'm like... Oh my God, that number is going to yeah. be so low. Yeah, you know. And um, actually, once once you said two percent, I'm like, I'm way too high, way too high. Yeah, I did, but I, I did think I was high on fourteen. Like, I don't know. It popped in my head. I kind of stuck with it, and I was like, man. And I think it might be high single digits, but I just went. Yeah, with no, that's that, a I great guess. answer. I, I yeah, honestly, but, uh, when please. you said you said get it at the tenth, I'm like, maybe it's below one even. Yeah, the, you know? the the 17% for multiple animals was was surprising to me because the rest of the data is that the the number of hunters is way down and the number and the it's less than 50% that got a deer. So less than 50% got one but 17% got more than one. That's crazy. And that, yeah, at, no, first, I, at first it made no sense to me, but I think the more I thought about it, <clears throat> I think it's a little bit skewed towards people who hunt in places like Illinois, Iowa, southern Wisconsin, southern Michigan, where you're taking antlerless deer. And so yeah. if you're if you're in any of those areas where there's an overpopulation of deer, you're not going to take one deer. You're going to take multiple deer. So, yeah. so yeah. if you're part of the group yeah. that takes one, you're more likely to take two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what the. I don't yet, or you might know better than me down here by us, but I, I swear I've heard before that like private landowners and stuff down here, you get like ten doe tags. Oh yeah, you can get a ton, and a lot. I mean, and then another thing that I thought of. Too is like if you listen to um, Tyler and Casey that podcast, like those guys go to like five different states, like and they hunt, and so they get multiple deer. So then I was thinking, well, how many of those type of people that hunt all the time are getting, you know, multiple deer? So then I started trying to like ramp up my percentage, yeah. um, or I whatever, wonder, thinking. But that, I mean, but yeah, I mean, if they got five different tags in five states, then. I'm, I'm thinking if the data is calculated like I would think, then they would need multiple deer per tag or per per state. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I don't know. And I think that's part of what, I think part of what is in that data is that 
there's less people hunting. So the people that are left hunting are more dedicated to hunting. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. That makes sense. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's getting bent a little bit because of, you know, for whatever reason it was, um, I want, I'd have to go back and, and revisit that data for sure. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that it was like a, it's been a long, long time that if this was the lowest number in a very long time. Well, I know the, um, I watched, you guys ever watch Michigan out of doors? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I watched that they had the, I don't know if it was last Thursday, but they had the episode where they had the DNR guy sit down with them and they were, you know, that, um, Jimmy Getzinger or whatever his name is, was, you know, asking a ton of questions about like the wolf population and all of this different things with all the deer or whatever. Um, but so he had a lot of good, you know, answers about it, but one of them was there's way less hunters, right? Just different. It's different when we were growing up and, you know, that's what your parents took you to go do. I mean, that's what you did. You went hunting and there's less of that. Um, but the numbers are down, even down here where we don't have, you know, the hard winners and stuff like that. But like, it was down like 22% down here. And it was like high twenties up in UP from, if I remember right, but um, across the whole state, the deer numbers were down. The whole, the whole Midwest. I'm pretty sure. Right. All, all the data yeah, I've heard so right. far, the whole entire Midwest. Huh. Yeah, that's it, crazy. Oh, it was interesting. Uh, I just, just heard a, um, on one of the recent mediator podcasts I was listening to, they had somebody on that was talking about how it was a mass year. And there's there some speculation that oak trees actually somehow communicate with each other and they have these extraordinary mast years where they just flood the floor with acorns so that more of them can actually make it and not get eaten to regenerate more trees. And this mm-hmm. was one of those years. And so in some places people were seeing less deer because there was so much mast for those deer that they weren't coming into fields and stuff where people typically hunt. In some of those areas like in Iowa and Illinois and stuff where there's just lots and lots of deer. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we definitely had an a unbelievable acorn year for us in the Keweenaw. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that many acorns before. It was so, I mean, at least by us, that proven that proved right, you know. Yeah. It sounds like that was the case across, like, the whole Midwest. Yeah. So, quick quick question. to From, like, a non-hunter standpoint, like, so this winter where it's been, like, super mild, like, right now in Iron Mountain, there's green grass, believe it or not which is crazy right now. Does that help with our deer population where like they don't have to work as hard. They're going to be much more healthier in the spring. Are they breeding right now? Like, I just don't know. And I've been wanting to ask that question. Yeah. They're, they're going to have a gravy winter this year, Coop. Yeah, yeah. And be super healthy. I mean, the deer that I'm seeing right now looks, they look like summer. No, no rib showing, you know, beautiful coat still. And, um, you know, even, even right in Copper Harbor, I was there today. I mean, they, there's evidence of deer eating green grass in grandpa and grandma's yard. You know, it's just, 
it's just yeah. easy for them. It'll be for tremendous sure. for them as long as you don't get bad weather in the late spring. That's the key. Yep. yep. Okay. So that was going to be my next question was like, if all of a sudden we do get hammered, like in late February, March, and April, does that affect the deer at all? They'll probably be all right oh, yeah. now in February and March. It's that April and especially May when you get those late, when you get those late storms and late, you know, ice and that kind of stuff that really negatively affects them because they're, yeah. they're, gotcha. they're drained and then it's just, it's too much. Gotcha. And, I, and I think for the deer that we target, right, nice bucks and you know i mean that's what we're hunting where we are we don't have the you know yet or where you are it'd be great if we could shoot some does up here you know it just doesn't make sense to right now right. yeah no but those those guys are so fatigued and worn out and nothing on them by the end of the rut you know they're just running 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 in there so when you get slammed then i mean there's a lot of a lot of those guys that are you know taking a dirt nap because of mother nature you know but i think this year they were they were given the reprieve and, you know, be able to get their bodies back healthy, you know, get ready for winter, you know. So I think that those cats are going to have a really good chance of making it through this year. Yeah. So this might be a silly question, too. So when deer are able to be healthy year-round, like right now, right, where we're, there's not really a harsh winter, does that affect, like, antler growth? And health in that sense, like, are you gonna, are we gonna see bigger racks because they don't have to struggle as much food-wise, or is that like genetics and years they're growing? Well, it's, it's both, but hundred percent. If if they have more nutrition and they're in better health state, they will have bigger racks. Yeah, I mean, they, say, they say what the antler is the fastest growing tissue in the animal kingdom. And that's why you hear a lot of those stories. You see those wicked, crazy, non-typical deer pulling the horn, you know, all these legendary deer. A lot of those aren't hunter killed. They're found dead because some of those deer, it's got to be some sort of imbalance that they're growing so much that it just saps them and they become weak. And a lot of them just die natural deaths. So. Yeah, that kind of what George is saying. I think the healthier they are going into, you know, when they start growing antlers, the more energy can go to antler growth yep. and everything. So, yeah, absolutely. So, a winter like this is actually super beneficial for the deer. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And hopefully, for yeah. our, our surrounding area, like the QNA, well, mostly the UP, yeah. right? Kind of gives them a, a break to grow healthy absolutely yep yeah. and, and one year makes a huge difference both ways yeah like I, I can't remember what year that was it was probably like 15 14 somewhere in there we had that just rotten winter and then uh, it just never left it was there forever and those guys that feed deer down in cedar bay and stuff they were i had heard this one guy talking and he said he literally picked the deer up and it died in his arms they were just shot wow. they, couldn't do it and yeah. and it just devastated the deer population that year and then two years later you know we had two decent winters and bang it bounced right back so 
Yep. Literally one year can make an enormous difference. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, those, that was just a few questions that I had in my mind, you know, when I was thinking about, like, how easy our winter is going right now because I'm on snowplow duty at the hospital, and we've been only called in three times, and two of them were because of ice. Yeah. We just had to salt the lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's an odd year. I know the only thing that's on my mind is how in the hell did Ed beat me? <laughs> You're re you are reading way, way too much, my man. <laughs> yeah, that was good. It was a good you got plenty of time to listen to podcasts. <laughs> it was a good it was a good effort. It was a good first uh first round and uh yeah. At least index held pretty close, pretty close to true, and you guys yeah, did that was fun. Job. That was really fun, you guys. Yeah, it was great. And we'll have to do it yeah, again. Yeah, we uh, yeah, de definitely, definitely try to do this again, George, and we'll get more people. It was just an odd night that some of the other guys couldn't yeah. join, but um, yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I want a, I want a chance from the start to the finish. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Yeah, Yetter came on strong in the end there. Yeah, that's yep. great. And uh and um it's a great it's a great product. Meat Eater, obviously I'm a huge fan and and the, the game is great and the and the questions are awesome. And so if people out there have a chance to do it, it's great. And if not, do a little research, you can make up your own questions. So we have to uh Thanks to Ed, you reminded me that we have to come back at the end as we always do and give a little summary of our of our uh, spirit of choice for the for the podcast. And today it was Maker's Mark Bourbon Whiskey. What do you guys think? It looks delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had an extra glass waiting for you. Oh man, I, I lit a nice Kiwana thimbleberry candle to make a nice <laughs> I think he was gonna feed me a lot of drinks then. <laughs> yeah, Stacy was sitting in the living room right as we were getting ready to start this, and she goes, You want me to come light a candle for you to make it extra romantic? And I was like, I already got one lit. <laughs> Well, George, you and I talked about this not long ago. Maker's Mark is something that's always sitting on the shelf in my house. It's just tasty and it's a great go-to. So, good choice for tonight. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they, they make a tremendous amount of it, and it's always consistent. It's always great. You can count on it. There's no questions about if it's going to be good or not. It's always going to be good. Yeah. I generally graduated a little. I, I like the spicier stuff a little more. I think this is kind of sweeter but just like you guys said i mean for a 30 dollar bottle off the shelf that you can buy at the, any grocery store i mean it's probably the top choice for you know those parameters good yep. easy drinking smooth yeah Absolutely. Now, to your point that it's something you know and jeff that it's just something to always have in your house right you can always have it there it's it's easy Thanks again, guys, and we're going to see you again soon on another edition of Bucks and Booze.